Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Your host here, James Coe. We've got a different cast of characters. A different cast of characters. No Alex Gelhar. No Adam Rank. So the A's are out of the building in, in their stead. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> We've got analytics expert Cynthia Freeland. Free, what's up? How are you? I'm doing wonderful. It's great to have you on the podcast again. Thank you so much for having me. I love the music. It's You know, it's my favorite music. <laughs> <laughs> I dance to it every time. <laughs> the the, uh, the hardcore trance trap music is uh, gets you in the mood for fantasy. Well, whenever, you know, when Marcus knows when I'm sitting next to him and we're getting ready, it's so cold in the studio when we do fantasy lives, right. so I have to dance to the open music to keep warm. <laughs> they take my blanket away. So, yeah, tra- trade secret. Cynthia actually has a blanket that she wraps up in. Legit. Before, legit has a blanket that yep. she wraps up in before we, uh, we start. I get really sad when I don't have it. <laughs> this is my question. Is it like your, is it actually the Cynthia Freeland blankie? Yeah, or is it, it a, Oh, okay. <laughs> I was wondering if it was like company provided. No, or? The, what are you, the, <laughs> I come don't on know. now. I don't we know. don't work for like, we're not players. We're, we're just here. <laughs> so you brought, you brought that from home. Yeah. The, the blankie. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great blanket. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Of course, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's up? What's going on, man? Um, I, I know this is a fantasy football podcast, but yes. man, I'm excited. Baseball season's back again. Yes, me too. I love baseball. Like, this, is always, this is like a really good time. It's a really good time of year. It's like, you know, it's, I always I always enjoy this time of the year because, you know, I'm, I'm sitting at my desk yes. and I'm usually grinding on like the draft kit or something yep. else. Um, it is, you know, it is the fantasy version of sausage making. It's useful, <laughs> but it is a grind. <laughs> um. But at the same time, like I always have, you know, early season baseball, especially when there are day games on, have them on my TV. Um, it's either that or I've been watching old episodes of Samurai Jack. That's what gets me through the day. Right okay. now we have baseball yep. and hockey and basketball. We're talking about the draft. I mean, this is a great time. It's and good golf. Time, yeah. sure. We've got golf college, tomorrow. College hoops just good wrapped golf. up. Yeah, I know. Sure. We, we are missing college hoops, which so, I do yeah. love. But we still have, like, NBA starts to get interesting now. Yeah, for sure. The 82-game schedule comes down, and, and now we're getting to the playoffs, which is basically season know, two. Season two. It's another two months of NBA. <laughs> Let's totally. get ready. Uh, Ryan Bartlett 
behind the glass. Yeah. Not Alex Gilhar. Not the whiz kid from Wisconsin. We got Ryan Bartlett. What's up, man? What's going on? Thanks for letting me sit in. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's start the show. Well, we got a big time show in front of us here today. We're going to be talking to the late round QB himself, JJ Zacharyson from Number Fire. Uh, we're going to be talking about Rex Burkhead, Brandon Cooks, uh, talking about Jared Goff. Why does he hate Jared Goff? I'm going to ask JJ Zachary why he hates my man from With a Alex. Twitter handle like his, I bet he has a great answer to that. I bet he would. And then we're going to close out with a round of daily daps, but we start the show as we always do with your top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news. Because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. We'll start in Oaktown. Marshawn, you will see it at the Raiders facility today. It was news broken by punter Pat McAfee. Oh, I should say former punter. Former punter Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee. What's he with now? Barstool Sport? Uh, yes. Barstool? Correct. Correct. All right. So it is a quote-unquote fact-finding mission. Marshawn is 30. I don't know what it all means. We'll go to the yay area native himself, MG my guy Marcus Grant. I mean, you know, it could just be, you know, the Raiders are in Oakland. Marshawn lives in Oakland. He might just stop by just to say what's up um, for whatever reason. <laughs> what kind of facts are, is he going to find on this mission? I mean, I think, Do you think mo- he like writes it down in like a little book, the facts that he finds. Uh, that's a good question. I would love to read what's in Marshawn. I know, which me is too. Like a little, little fact diary. book. Ryan, his little fact book. Um, I think it's probably, you know, they're trying, trying to figure out, you know, kind of salary issues and, you know, what Marshawn would want okay. and, you know, kind of, you know, what talking about what his role potentially would be. Because I think I think here's the thing. If if he does come out of retirement and he plays for the Raiders, which I guess the story is that's the only team he would come out of retirement to play for. Right. Um, You know, I don't know that you suddenly just turn your running game completely over to a 30-year-old back who was admittedly who has taken a year off and Fresh legs, was, dude. was slowing down the last time we saw him play. <laughs> when you've got two guys, two young guys that they seem to like in Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington. So I think there is a little bit of, hey, yeah, you know, beast mode, we'd love to have you come in here and be a part of what we do. Right. Understand, though, that you will have to defer a little bit to these young guys that we want to get on the field. I think you'd sell tickets, though. Absolutely, sell like, tickets. Mar- I mean, if you got Marshawn Lynch, I-, I think that that would. I mean, Raiders fans would be. See, well, here's the thing. Liked. Low key, I do think there's a little bit of PR involved in this because you just ripped the heart out of your fan base like a week or two ago. Telling and they them you were still have to be in Oakland. They still got. Hey, we're moving in with this new person, but can we crash on your couch <laughs> until <laughs> we get everything for set the up? next two years? Right. So, <laughs> so why not bring in Oakland's favorite son to yeah. kind of smooth that over That's a little true. bit? I mean, it's not a. Not it's, it's not, not a, a crazy idea. idea. And also, the skittles would show up really well against the uniforms because Ooh, the, the bright point. colors of the skittles are really juxtaposed to the black jerseys. Black and, yeah, yeah. So you. you know what? I think, that, I think that that's a you that would what? be a big fact that I think he finds I, in his little <laughs> fact book. <laughs> you know what? That's pretty smart. I like that call. Uh, we'll stay with running backs. We'll stay with aging running backs. We'll talk about Adrian Peterson. He was hosted by the Patriots, but he left without a contract. A lot of insiders are saying this was more of a favor to Peterson's agent than it was to Peterson. I, you know what? At this point, I'm not I'm not exactly sure what the market is for Adrian Peterson. Uh, the upside certainly is enticing, but that being said, he's coming off of a couple of serious injuries. He's on the wrong side of 30, obviously. Um, and, and quite frankly, I don't see him getting signed before the draft. I, I mean, I think the draft will determine where a lot of these you know, aging running backs, including Marshawn Lynch, including Adrian Peterson, including Jamal Charles, where these guys go. But I, I, would, I would be shocked to see 
any one of these guys sign before the draft. So uh, I kind of think this is smart, right? If you set your price too high, you're going to now – like, it, 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 I can – I believe that he's probably if, – if he's saying I only want $2 million, the team would have snapped him up already. Mm-hmm. But if whatever price you know he's rumored to be offering, and it's likely too high for whatever team, right? right. Supply demand, right? So I think it's kind of smart to like overstate your market value because then once you have drafted and, oh oh we didn't get the running back we thought, or, oh oh we're two weeks into training camp and this kid is not who we – this isn't working out or there's some injury or something, then you've now created a really nice backstop for sure. yourself because you've set your price really high so I don't I don't necessarily think it's a bad strategy I think it's probably a little nerve-wracking for him but apart from that it's I don't think it's like strategy wise I think you know as long as you're comfortable doing that and a guy like I think he's probably made enough money where he's you know like okay well I don't want to do it for my my real floor is here right but I'm gonna set it up there because why not get get what I can get for it right yeah I I am curious about what exactly he's demanding salary wise I know he put something out on social media like a week or two ago saying that you know people were getting all his numbers wrong and what have you right I, that's why I'm not pretending you know right but I would imagine if you said you want Marshall Lynch for two million dollars yes or no now Detroit Lions yep yep 100%. um right. but I but I see I do think with with Adrian Peterson you know whatever whatever his salary demands are yeah the Patriots are always going to be below his floor I mean like, <laughs> you, you see how they you see what they did with Garrett Blunt who had a great year obviously yeah. but Look, Adrian Peterson walks through those doors with a couple of knee injuries, you know, 30-some-odd years old, not having you know, played the best football the last couple of years. The Patriots are going to offer him a six-pack of Sam Adams and a dozen from Duncan. That's all, they, that's all he was going to get from them. So, well, and, the ch- and, the, <laughs> and the quote-unquote chance to win. That's it. I, mean, I think so, they were selling, probably trying to sell him. Which, on I'm, which I'm sure is a big deal for him after spending his years in Minnesota and not really ever having a legit chance yeah. at winning. Why not? I'm sure it's a big deal. But, you know, in terms of salary, whatever it was he was asking for, the Patriots were always going to be below that. I would imagine, and this is just total speculation, I would imagine that he's asking for anything between six and a half to eight million. And that's not happening. No. That, he's going to have a hard time finding that anywhere. I oh, think. yeah. Oh, yeah. But again, uh, you know what? Cynthia brought up a great point, though. I think Adrian Peterson will absolutely play in the NFL in 2017. Yeah. But it might not be till after training camp. Where somebody gets injured, some maybe somebody maybe somebody high profile gets injured in a preseason game. Okay, all of a sudden, AP's phone is ringing up. You know, so I, you know, it, that's an interesting point. Uh, he might not even get drafted when training camp comes around, but I, I can almost guarantee you, Adrian Peterson will play. And the, yeah. all those rumors about him. I mean, every you've never heard anyone say that Adrian Peterson's come out of shape. He's, I mean, he's gotten hurt, but apart from being hurt, he's always been. You know, yeah. you always hear those rumors oh, yeah. that he's the. You know. Lifting, he's game ready. Always game ready. Yep. So I don't, you know, it's not like you're having a situation where he's 40 pounds heavier than people think. Speaking of guys who are 40 pounds heavier than was anticipated, Leonard Fournette apparently dropped 12 pounds between the combine and his pro day. It's about a month's time. The LSU back checked back in at a very svelte 228 pounds. If he was 228 at the combine and he still ran that 451, people would have been absolutely goo goo gaga. Over this, he didn't. He didn't do any of the other drills. But checking in at two twenty eight, that's that's nice. Yeah. Um. I mean, as long as dude still runs like a runaway freight train, I think it's fine. Um. I mean, that's that is the big part of his appeal. Now, I don't know. Maybe dropping the weight adds some agility. The, the one thing you notice when you watch Leonard Fournette's tape is obviously he runs guys over. He's not making a lot of people miss. Um. 
but when you run the way he does, you don't necessarily have to. But I don't know. Maybe maybe this adds a little more agility. Maybe he has a few more juke moves or something now. I just uh, think curious. I just think this makes it a little more annoying for everyone listening to draft analysis because now we're like he's so athletic. But <laughs> he was athletic before. Like I get that it's a twelve pound difference, and people were saying he came that's heavy. That's big. Not really. It's not. Oh, it's like not even five percent of his body weight. Okay, that's fine. But again, in terms of the NFL, that's big. I mean, that is big. All this, all this is going to do is just shuffle the running back deck one more time before the draft. I you think, know, like, I think you see, like Leonard Fournette, for real scouts, not people who talk about it on TV. Like, I, and that—that's me. <laughs> so, I, you know, I'm I, for real scouts. He's already put it on tape, like yeah. dropping 12 pounds for. Oh, and we've been watching for years now, so it's you know right. we, we know what we're going to get. It's with not Leonard like Fournette. they're like suddenly. You know what? I think he's now going to be a totally different dude. You know, well, like, I, it's not so much that, but you know, we we talk about running backs with weight issues. I, of course, you're going to start thinking about guys like Eddie Lacy, and and <laughs> you and just look, have to bring it back to Eddie. Lacy. No, listen, but it's a real thing. I mean, that is a real. If this guy checks in at 240 at the combine, what? Who's to say when he comes in after signing a big contract, he doesn't come in at 250 as a rookie? But like, That's were a you problem. training speed or were you training strength? Were you training? What were you focusing on in the off season? Because I don't think it was eating donuts. He knew he was going to the combine. He knew what he would weigh in at. He knew what he was going to like. None of these things are unknowns. Like I don't think maybe you know maybe John Ross surprised himself by running a little faster than he thought. Sure. But he knew he was going to be a burner. He almost won an island for it. You know, like there's there's <laughs> precedent there for you. Kind of know yeah. where you're going to be, right? So to me. I, I just I think it's already we're, it's already there and maybe it shuffles it but probably not you know like I don't think that you're gonna that you're gonna have people in real draft rooms and real teams t- saying you know what this kid was able to lose 12 pounds in a month it's again it's Great. not the it's not the overall number to me it is a question of work ethic it's a question of does this guy have a weight issue at all those questions will be in draft rooms I can guarantee you that but no matter what they're gonna say this is LSU, and this is what happened when they played Alabama, and this is what Old happened Miss. when they played Ole Miss. You know, like this is this right. is what happened in these situations. Sure. And like, remember, the, an injury, post injury, he's not. You you kind of it's kind of unfair because he he had an injury. So now, like, what do you what do you want him to do? Like, who do you want him to be strong and way more? Do you want him to be like wh- like they're already I don't know to me they're you're right, but I don't think that this twelve it's cool, it's great, but we're just gonna add the adjective athletic. Now, as opposed to before, we were like, oh, maybe it's a little chubba wubba. Hey, <laughs> chubba wubba. Man, we still okay. have, what, three and a half weeks till the draft. This is maybe, get- maybe he could get down to, like, you know, 222. It's going to get wilder. We still have three and a half weeks. I know. I love it. Mike McCarthy, we'll stay with running backs. Mike McCarthy told reporters that he believes Ty Montgomery has the ability to be the full-time lead back in Green Bay. I'll ask the room this. Just lip service, or, or do you believe that? He said he has the ability. <laughs> right, that was that's exactly where I was going. Not that he's going to be the lead back. <laughs> he just has the ability to it. Five point nine yards per carry on just seventy seven carries. Uh, Montgomery never rushed for more than sixteen carries in a ball game. Although when he did run for sixteen, uh, run sixteen times, it was a hundred sixty two yard effort, two touchdown game versus Chicago in Week fifteen. I'll just I'll I'll ask you guys. Do you think that Ty Montgomery has it in him to be a full time lead workhorse guy? No, uh, I think I think he's a nice piece. I think he's a he's a he's a committee back. Um, but and we talk about teams not making moves at running back until after the draft. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I think you you include the Packers in that too. I mean, interesting. You know, there there's a chance they go out and try to get somebody in this draft. I mean, yeah, who knows? Maybe they land a Christian McCaffrey or something. And that completely changes the dynamic of what they do in that offense. Such a deep defensive draft, though, and they need they so do need some many defensive players. I mean, they picked up Martellus Bennett. That's going to change a lot of things, right? Okay. Like that short, those short passes. Maybe Ty Montgomery now is. You know, I think I totally agree with you about being a part of a committee. Maybe, maybe he's the lead back, but the lead in of two or three, or you know, like some committee that is just structured a little differently than we are used to out of you know Green Bay. So I don't know. I I think sure he has it in him, and sure they don't know what they're going to do yet. We've they've got this new piece. They've got the you know the new part of their offense that they don't know exactly how. I'm sure Mike McCarthy has it in his head how he wants to use Martellus right. Bennett, but he, they, they haven't worked together yet. They it's haven't true. installed their offense yet. I, I, I think anything's possible at this point. Ty Montgomery, a converted wide receiver. How about we go the other way? Bruce Arians told reporters recently that former running back Andre Ellington will convert to wide receiver next year. Considering no Michael Floyd uh, and aging Larry Fitzgerald, Cynthia, what are your thoughts on, on potentially seeing Andre Ellington out there uh, as, you know, kind of split out wide? Good for him. I mean, find a way to use someone who uh, he's not going to win that job. I mean, the running back job. Correct. Yep. I mean, we got this guy here. Is, I, I know Marcus has. No some, matter what. Oh, no matter what. DJ, no matter, no matter what. what, baby. No matter right. what. So, you know, you're not going to be the lead. This gives him an opportunity to be useful in an offense that has a lot of different options. Yeah. So to me, I'm like, that's great. I'm, I'm, I think that says more about Bruce Arians and his ability to take the assets on his team and really work with them. It says a lot about him as a coach and try instead of being like, yeah, yeah, whatever, we'll, we'll fill this in sure. with some wide receiver in the draft. And, you know, we've got a veteran quarterback and we'll just see what happens and by the way we've got this David Johnson already so to me I'm like that's actually makes me like Bruce Arians more and I already liked him I like it I like it a lot Andre Ellington to me too is when we saw him in a, in a more feature type role obviously a little bit more injury prone but he's got a little wiggle to his game no MG sure um I still don't know what I'm going to do with this uh, you know I mean <laughs> it, it's a it's a crowded and somewhat unpredictable wide receiver group already I mean we we've been we've been kicking dirt on Larry Fitzgerald's grave for a couple of years and oh he, yeah and he keeps Beatrix kiddoing his way like out of there and stuff like you know there's him uh you know we're expecting hopefully the resurrection of John Brown this year yeah. JJ Nelson put some nice things on tape at the end of the season I mean okay. it is a very crowded wide receiver group and now you're trying to take a converted running back and put him there I mean he could certainly make some nice plays for you but I don't I don't expect enough from him that I would even consider drafting him. He's a waiver wire guy at best. All right, so uh, Andy Reid wants to get Tyreek Hill more involved in the offense as well, per Adam Teicher of ESPN. Hill played on less than 40% of KC's plays last year. Of Hill's 401 snaps, 207 came as a wide receiver, 163 as a slot receiver, and 31 out of the backfield. Uh, Your thoughts there, MG? Uh, So this means Tyreek Hill is going to be the new Jamal Charles? in that uh, he's going to be the guy that it's like, oh, hey, yeah, maybe we should have gotten him the ball more this year. There is a theme here, by the way. Can you tell in this podcast? It's it, it it's just positional madness. It we is. It's running backs. What? Who is what? We don't know. No idea. Um, and I guess, you know, I don't know. Is this, is this the way of skill position players now in the is NFL? It? That's um, that's. It's kind of an interesting question, is it not? Right. I mean, you know, look, I mean, last year we saw, we got to the point, obviously, Tevin Coleman was kind of a Swiss Army knife in Atlanta. David Johnson did a little bit of everything in Arizona. I mean, they lined him up out wide on, on occasion. We've seen Lev Bell do it. 
Um, you know, I, you we know. hear about Andre Ellington, hear about Andre Tyron Ellington, Hill, Ty Montgomery, Ty Montgomery. It's I mean, so you know, if we want to we want to go back digging in the crates, I and mean, we can go back to Tavon Austin and the fact that he had almost as many rushing yards <laughs> as receiving yards a couple of seasons ago. Good point. Um, so I don't know. I guess this is just the way of things. But yeah, I mean, hey, it'd be great if Tyreek Hill gets more involved in the offense. Jamal Charles obviously is gone. Yeah, uh, Spencer Ware is probably going to dominate that backfield. The Chiefs' passing game continues to be you know, non-fat plain yogurt. It's just there. Um, so, you know, I, I guess it's a good thing, but I do feel like it's going to be one of those situations where they want to get Tyreek Hill involved and then they'll go a game where he gets like, you know, two touches and afterwards Andy Reid in his press conference will say, yeah, I don't know, I guess we probably should have done more to get Tyreek the ball. That sounds very uh, Andy Reid-ish. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Why does it? That is so true. Right? It's like Jamal Charles just running. He, he'll crack up 200 total yards in, in week 12. Week 13, he gets three touches. Andy Reid goes up to the press guy. Like, oh, Yeah, man. you know, I'm looking at this box score, guys. You know, yeah, you know, I, I guess I guess Jamal should have got a couple I guess, I guess he should have got the I mean, Jeez. here's the thing. You never, like, you never hear Mike Tomlin say, man, <laughs> Bell. Like, like, I just, I don't know. We just couldn't, we couldn't get, you know. You just or David Johnson. Right. Or, like, you just, ne- right. You have, you have Bruce Arians out here saying that David Johnson's still too young to be overworked. Like, that's, that's where they are in Arizona. Yeah. That's so. a good, very good point. Tim Hightower. Man, there's a lot of running back news. Tim Hightower signed with uh, San Francisco. Uh, I'll ask you this. Is Carlos Hyde in a potential committee situation with not only Tim Hightower, but Dewan Harris as well, who the team also signed? I, I don't know, man. I, I like the upside and the talent ability of Carlos Hyde, but but the situation right now, I, I'm a little worried. Um, I'm not. I no, mean, not really. I mean, this is this is Carlos Hyde's job, at least at, at the running back spot. Now, maybe with Kyle Shanahan there in San Francisco, they may want to do some different things with you know Hightower See, or thing, Harris or something right? like that. Um, but I still think, I mean, look, they they still don't have a lot. I mean, you know, Pierre Garcon was a nice pickup for them, um, but who the hell's their quarterback? Brian Hoyer at the moment. I mean, I mean, unless unless Matt Barkley rises up and oh, uh, you know takes that gig away from him, fight on. Uh, but you oh, know, I, I mean, right now Carlos Hyde is, I think, the closest thing they have to a centerpiece in that offense. Okay. So as long as he's healthy, I'm not really worried about his touches. Tom Brady says he can play another five years. Drew Brees says he could play until 45. How old is Tom Brady? 37, 38? Uh, 40, isn't he? Is he 40? He'll play at 40. He will be 40. This so year. he could play until 45. So Drew Brees says he could play until 45. Mike McCarthy says Aaron Rodgers can play just as long as Tom Brady. Okay. Philip Rivers says he won't be around forever, quote-unquote. What does that mean? Probably 45. I mean, why? I don't. What? What is this whole age thing? With, I think with this means that now? forty-five is the new thirty-eight. <laughs> That's I what I think it. it means. It's like everyone wants to know how long these quarterbacks are going to play. Now it's just, it's baffling. I don't. I don't understand. Tom Brady's going to play till four. Drew Brees forty-five. Aaron Rodgers, great. I don't. Okay, whatever. <laughs> well, I think, well, here's my question. What about guys who are like Carson Palmer? So you're not necessarily because like no oh, one's going to tell Tom Brady when to retire. No one's going to be Carson like, Palmer's hey. leg will fall off by 45. <laughs> no, but like like what like we can agree that yeah. the names on this list are yes. elite. Yes. Right. Yep. And then you can say that there's like a step down. I mean, look, Carson Palmer's a good quarterback. I'm not. I mean, I'm not. I'm just not calling him elite. The same he's level. not. He's not elite. No, oh, he's fine. So, but he's better than. Would you rather him or would you rather an unknown entity 
in this year's draft class. Oh, no. I'm sure that for all the teams involved, yeah. I mean, the, the Patriots, the Saints, the Packers, they want these guys to hold on as long as possible, especially as they, if they continue to play anywhere near the level they're playing right now. True. Um, like I mean, 80% I just, Drew Brees is still better than – you know, a, a lot of these incoming quarterbacks over the right. next five years. Well, I mean, but even even like to me, like get a guy to like get someone for Drew Brees' replacement, do the whole, you know, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers situation. Then you have yourself a pretty nice, pretty nice. Situation. I mean, right. I think it's I think it's one thing to also say that you want to play that long. I and, would say that, too. It's good for your contract. It's good for your contract. <laughs> it's good for your brand. Hey, look, and I, and I say this as someone who has never taken a hit on an NFL field, but just no. just seeing the way, oh, for I instance... Have. I can confirm. Just seeing the way, <laughs> for instance, that Brett Favre's career ended and just kind of that, that sense from him that, yeah, you know, after a while, you do reach an age where taking those hits and trying to not only get up within the course of the game, but yeah. getting out of bed on a Tuesday or, uh, you know, trying to get ready for a game that following week... It gets harder. I mean, it's just – it's a fact. Look, we joke around and say father time is undefeated, but, yeah. I mean, that's real. That is really real. You know, it is interesting, though, because Tom Brady doesn't take a lot of hits. Drew Brees doesn't take a lot of hits. Aaron Rodgers doesn't take a lot of hits. Phil Rivers gets hit a lot. He does. And he's the guy that says that I'm not going to be around forever. Also, Phil Rivers has, what, eight kids? I mean – That's like, true. I think nine, actually. I think nine, actually. I, so, I think he's like, nine. Like, at some point, <laughs> like, you know I – mean, I want to know where he's going to live in L.A. with nine kids. That's what I want to know. Uh, I don't know. It ain't going to be Manhattan Beach, let me tell you. No, no. No, 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 no. Is he going to live in Riverside? That's a hell of a commute, Is man. this dude going to be living in Ontario? That's a hell of a commute. I don't know. I I, I can see uh, – He's going to rock the 909, though. Come on. We know this, right? Really? You, you imagine Phil Rivers in the IE, huh? I think so. I think that's his speed, first of all. Rancho Cucamonga? <laughs> oh, Up, like Upland? You know? Upland? <laughs> These are things I at, have no knowledge of. Wanda? Like, where's he going to be? Like, <laughs> at Wanda. I love it. Is he going to live in the Valley, or is he going to live in the I IE? I mean, like, I don't, James, you can speak to I mean, what's life Chino. like? In, what's life like in Diamond Bar? I mean, can he go uh, – can he go chill there he can't i mean i guess i guess yeah i guess he could live in you know what that would be that's an interesting hacienda, hacienda heights maybe? now there's too many chinese folks in hacienda heights uh i think <laughs> that's I'm, it? I'm just saying bro i'm just <laughs> I saying i don't even know what that means oh it i means, don't even know what that means either listen, i'm very bro, confused like he needs a country style lifestyle gotcha that's what he needs he needs All right. he needs cowboy hats uh he, he needs some farm folks so, around him so then fontana I think Fontana would be a fine choice for him. There you go. There you go. I'm sure about. But I think Diamond 85% Bar. Eighty-five percent of our listeners have no idea what yeah. we're talking yeah, about. No. Right actually, now. actually, thirty-three percent of this podcast <laughs> has no idea what you're talking about right now. I watched the o- I watched the OC, and that's why I suggest. Oh, good. You know, but that was about all I could add. To that. Diamond Bar, which is where my family is from, uh, is right next to Chino. So when OC came out and they were disparaging Chino, we all felt very. Disparaged as well. <laughs> you were like, you were disparaged you were by association <laughs> because you were Chino adjacent. You you're, felt you felt as though you Diamond were Bar's hi, Diamond Bar High School's direct rival is in Chino. Um, oh, see, I, 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 I would just like to add something here. I think yes. we all could be wrong because I just received intel that yes. Rivers actually has a Mercedes Spinner van. <laughs> wow, <laughs> a Spinner van. Wow. Well, it's a, it 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 doesn't surprise me that he has a van. That that makes a lot of when you got nine kids. You have nine kids. You have yeah, you got to rock a van. <laughs> like oh, an SUV. An SUV's not gonna cut it. You got to get the van. You just got to You got to buckle down and get the van. Okay. Maybe they just all stay in down in San Diego and he like takes a helicopter. That's actually I think pretty plausible. Oh, that could be a decent. Okay. 
That might be some. We're talking about this way too much. Yes, we are. All right. Let's. <laughs> uh, sure. We go from talking about aging quarterbacks to talking to the late round QB. Let's go to the phone. All right. We got on the horn. JJ Zacharyson at late round QB. You could find his work on Number Fire. You could find his work in a lot of different places. But JJ, welcome to the program, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, listen, we'll start you off. You, you wrote a great piece on Tony Romo. Uh, fill the listeners in. Overrated, underrated, undervalued? What, what are your thoughts on Tony Romo? Look, man, I think that he is the most underrated player, not just of the last few years, but of this era. Oh! Uh, and the, the reason for it, I mean, he, he's absurdly efficient. You know, even, you know, this isn't adjusting for era necessarily, but uh, since the merger, we've had 182 quarterbacks throw the ball a thousand or more times in their career. And Tony Romo uh, ranks fourth in adjusted net yards per attempt. He's third in touchdown rate. Uh, he, he basically only trails Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning in every efficiency metric. Wow. But I think that the, the, the big thing for Romo, uh, <clears throat> that, that why he gets such a tough time and why people think that, that he's not clutch, is because of that 2007 wildcard game against the Seahawks, obviously, with him fumbling the ball and then not being able to kick the field goal. Uh, but if you look at what he's done in the fourth quarter specifically throughout his career, since he became starter in 2006, uh, no player in football has a higher yards per attempt average than Tony Romo in the fourth quarter. Uh, he's second in completion percentage, second in quarterback rating in the fourth quarter. And even if you look at only what happens in the final five minutes of the game, so those really high leverage situations, right. Tony Romo is fourth in yards per attempt, fourth in quarterback rating, second in completion percentage. So, Basically, you can take that narrative, throw it in the trash. Uh, Tony Romo, <laughs> unbelievably, unbelievably underrated. Here's the thing, JJ. I, not that I necessarily totally disagree with that, but I feel like we're we're apologizing for some of the. I mean, just ba- there are backbreaking moments that he's had uh, in the fourth quarter, and I feel like this is a narrative that we've heard a lot with Peyton Manning as well. Whereas the eyeball test for a lot of folks feels like, look, Peyton Manning, late game, not great, but the numbers mm-hmm. would suggest otherwise. And I feel a, a lot, uh, I, you know, this feels a lot like that with Tony Romo. Am I wrong in saying that? No, I don't think you're wrong at all. I think that one thing that we do as fans and as humans even is that we just pay attention to these awful moments way more than we pay attention to the good moments. Tony Romo made a ton of comebacks. That's the other thing, too. If you look at fourth-quarter comebacks, you know, a lot of times people will look at them from a cumulative sense, and they'll say, so Tony Romo ranks 14th all-time in fourth-quarter comebacks, but that doesn't really tell us everything because we don't know how many opportunities he had to come back in the fourth quarter. So if you look at fourth-quarter comebacks divided by those opportunities – Tony Romo actually, among active quarterbacks, ranked sixth best in coming back okay. in the fourth quarter. So, and that, that's better than guys like Aaron Rodgers, like mm. uh, even even a Drew Brees or, or a Matt Ryan. So, Tony Romo's right there with those guys in those high leverage situations, but he just doesn't get the credit for it. Well, JJ, because I am always seeking validation, I, I got to ask you about Rex Burkhead because I know you love him the way that I love him, and, but <laughs> but I I am concerned. <laughs> about him being in what is, at least for the moment, a pretty crowded New England backfield. I mean, you know, Deion Lewis is still there. James White is still there. Um, you know, is there a level of confidence that he could get enough work with those other guys there that he has the kind of season I think we all hope he can? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm less worried about James White just because we kind of know what he does is catch, catch footballs really well. You know, he was in the Super Bowl late in the game because they were in that negative game script. Deion Lewis, who knows what's going to happen with him and his health. Seems like it's just a roller coaster ride at this point. Right now, as where we stand, I think Rex Burkhead 
has a lot of opportunity in store for him on those early downs. And, and really, he's not a bad pass catcher either, so he could be a, a potential three-down back. The problem that I see, obviously, is that it's April right now, and, and it wouldn't be surprising if they do bring someone in, if they, if they get LeGarrette Blunt back or, or if Adrian Peterson ends up signing there. But right now, as it stands, it's very difficult to not be excited for a guy who's going to see early down work in an offense where their lead running back just scored 18 touchdowns. All right, J.J. Zacharyson, uh, editor-in-chief at Number Fire. Uh, you talk about uh, five guys that you whose stock has risen considerably since free agency. You put Rex Burkhead on that list. On the flip side of that coin, you also wrote five players whose stock has fallen uh, since free agency began. Brandon Cooks was one of the guys on that list, one of the five biggest losers in fantasy after free agency. I- I'm a little bit surprised by that there's not a drop off in in quarterback play and it seems to me like he becomes an at least the number one wide receiver there in new england no yeah i mean i, I think that that he's still going to be uh, a, a guy that's going to be targeted a good bit but i think that the one thing we have to remember is that uh new england's pass catching situation is a little bit more crowded than what he had in new orleans so even if his market share let's just say his market share in the offense stays relatively similar to what he saw in New Orleans, because New Orleans does love to spread the ball around. Right. The difference is, though, is that New England doesn't throw the ball as much as New Orleans does. So to me, if, if, his, you, know, if you break it down and you look at how many uh, targets or, or what the market share from, from Julian Edelman's going to be or, or Rob Gronkowski, and you bring it all together, and the fact that New England uses their running backs out of the backfield so much, that's a really big key as well. Uh, it's, it's very easy to see that he could have a very similar market share going to New England, even if it ups 1% or 2%. Um, it's not going to be significant enough for him to really see uh, a crazy amount of more targets than what he saw in New, in New Orleans because New Orleans does throw the ball so much. And then the other side of this, too, that I think is being ignored a bit is that in New England they have a lot of good red zone weapons. Let alone, I mean, they have the best red zone weapon of all time in Rob right. Gronkowski. So if Gronk is healthy, I do think that that's going to hurt naturally Brandon Cook's touchdown upside. So I don't think that it's necessarily a terrible, terrible move for Cooks. I mean, you can definitely – find many worse situations than playing with Tom Brady, but I do think that he had a near-ideal situation in New Orleans. Uh, I know, you know part of what you guys do, uh, one of the, the podcasts you, you are on, which I enjoy immensely, is Living the Stream, you and Denny. And um, obviously you guys talk a lot about streaming tight ends. But as I look at this, this tight end group now, obviously Martellus Bennett going to Green Bay is a big deal. You mentioned Gronk still there in New England. And in theory, we've got a class of tight ends coming in that, that could be really good. Mention you know, for, you know, I include Hunter Henry, who had a really good rookie year. Jack Doyle, baby. Jack Doyle. Are mm-hmm. are we are we past the point of needing to stream tight ends, or is this still going to be a part of our universe for a while? Yeah, I mean, bottom line is that you know I'm going to draft my tight ends late just because of the supply and demand formula, where you're only starting one of them, and there's you know there's only 12 teams in your leagues. So there's going to be an excess of tight ends out there. Uh, I do think that the tight end group this year is going to be stronger than what we saw last year for sure. Hopefully, there's not as many injuries as well. And as a result of that, you know, if I can get a guy in the 11th or 12th round that I can then plug and play each week, sure, I'm definitely going to be into that. You know, that, that's really the, the goal with streaming, too, is to try to get those plug-and-play guys that you can just play each and every week rather than kind of playing the guessing game and, and, and hoping that those guys, that, that, that a streamer finds the end zone. Because of all the four positions in fantasy football, tight end is easily the toughest to predict week to week. All right, so give me a guy like Matt Ryan for 2017. He's a a good – and this is what I said last year was 
I don't think that we should have been that surprised that Matt Ryan broke through because, again, he was playing in a high-octane offense that threw a lot. And Matt Ryan himself, a talented guy. Uh, can you give me a guy like Matt Ryan in 2017, a good real-life player that finally breaks through in fantasy? Yeah, so one of the big things that I – why I was in the Matt Ryan last year, for instance, not, trust me, I missed a lot of guys, but I was on Matt Ryan. Out <laughs> of baby. A big reason for it, though, was because he threw a touchdown on only 3.4% of his passes in 2015, whereas from 2016, so since the turn of the century, quarterbacks have usually hovered around that 4.5% touchdown rate. So if you look at quarterbacks and, and, and their touchdown rates year to year, usually they'll regress back to that 4.5% number. Interesting. And that's what we saw from, from Matt Ryan. Not only did he play better, but his touchdown rate jumped to 7.1%, which is absurdly good. Uh, you know, almost twice as good as what he saw, uh, or over twice as good as he saw the previous season. I think there's two answers to this. If you're looking for kind of a mid-round, mid maybe, uh, you know, not necessarily a late-round guy as late as Matt Ryan went, if you're looking strictly at this touchdown, or this touchdown rate formula, I think that Russell Wilson is one that you should definitely be targeting. He had just a 3.8% touchdown rate last year after a 7% one the year before, uh, and he's also seen volume increase every year, which means if he does see an increase in touchdown rate and he sees more volume, uh, then that means he's just going to throw more touchdowns. But I think from a late-round quarterback standpoint, Andy Dalton's one who really jumps out to me. Uh, he had a 3.2% touchdown rate this past year, and people forget that in 2015 he was kind of a monster. He had nine top-12 mm. weekly performances in 13 games. Only two players, Tom Brady and Blake Bortles, had more than Andy Dalton did. Uh, in 2015 his <laughs> touchdown rate rose to 6.5%, which is – uh, partially why that, that drop happened this past year. But look, the, there's a chance that the Bengals aren't that good or as good this year, especially defensively, which could lead to more negative scripts, which could lead to more passing. And if they stay healthy, especially if A.J. Green stays healthy, I could see Andy Dalton kind of making that jump and being more relevant in fantasy this year. I, I love the fact that Blake Bortles somehow got into the conversation with, with, <laughs> with good quarterbacks. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, uh, I, I this is not a fantasy question, but but JJ, you made the Jeff Fisher gift such a big part of your brand in your <laughs> life, and and it is no longer there. Um, have you figured out who's going to fill that empty hole in your your Twitter life? And if you haven't had a name, may I suggest Ben McAdoo to you? Ben McAdoo would be a great one. He's got the look for sure. He's got the dad look down. Uh, I think that <laughs> I think that he would be he would be fantastic. I. I, I kind of I was I've been kind of interested in Bill O'Brien as well, um, but but O'Brien also you know if he wasn't in the division that he was in uh, he wouldn't have been making the playoffs the last few years and I, you know I, I think that Bill O'Brien is kind of borderline there as well. But McAdoo man McAdoo could be a very very good gifable coach. <laughs> it's mostly because you know if you talk about Jeff Fisher it's the semi confused semi self content look, and I mm -hmm. think McAdoo has that. As well. All right, we'll stay with the Rams. Bro, i got to ask you a, a, a real real heart-to-heart -heart question here, brother. Why yeah. do you hate Jared Goff? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean, look, I, I'm a big proponent and believer that you find a lot out about a quarterback the instant he starts playing quarterback. It's very been a rarely, half a season, man. Very rarely – do you see a quarterback with somewhat of a significant sample size when they're uh, young and a rookie? Uh, and very rarely do you see them all of a sudden become good. I mean, you can look back in, in, in history. Derek Carr is one where he kind of struggled from an advanced uh, analytics standpoint his rookie season. 
turn things around. But, uh, you know, if you look back in history, it's really like Drew Brees and Alex Smith as two guys who, who, who really changed things and turned things around after somewhat struggles earlier in their careers. And both of those guys needed a change in environment in order to, to let that happen. So for me with Jared Goff, he was one of the worst quarterbacks that our databases have ever seen uh, this past year, which, which definitely plays into the idea that I just don't have a lot of optimism in him moving forward. Oh, man. That is just depressing. What about Peyton Manning, his rookie year? He, he had a horrendous rookie year, no? Yeah, I mean, it, it was a different, you know, it's a different times. If you were to compare his numbers to Jared Goff's, I'm sure that it, it, would, it would look more similar than it should. Uh, but, you know, that was back in 98 or whatever. So, so there yeah, you go. I, I Jared think... Goff is the next Peyton Manning. Boom. I love it. <laughs> that's, right, that's right. That's right. Perfect. perfect. So we, can, we, can, we can finish that one there. There yeah. you go. Uh, hey, okay, so why the, why the Twitter handle, by the way? You're the editor-in-chief of Number Fire, uh, but yeah. your Twitter handle is Late Round QB. Why the Twitter handle? Yeah, so you know, five or so years ago, uh, I wrote an ebook called "The Late Round Quarterback," and uh, just kind of telling people why you should be drafting quarterbacks late. And that that happened right after uh, that crazy, crazy year with Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford, and everyone just started wanting to draft their quarterbacks early. Mm. But really, it's a it's a strategy that 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 doesn't fluctuate year to year because of the supply and demand side of fantasy football. So. Uh, I just went with it, and I just kept the handle, and go. now the late-round quarterback is kind of, you know, I'll go to a conference or something, and they'll say, oh, yeah, you're the late-round quarterback. There it and is. It just kind of stuck, so I just I left the handle as is. Hashtag brand. I like it. Hey, franchise is working with you guys over at Number Fire a little bit. I want to know how much of a pain in the ass he is for you. The biggest. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's great. I love franchise. All right, great. Hey, uh, I know you got a, a new project here as well. Uh, you, you've got your, your, your podcast that you've, you've been doing for a while, Living the Stream, uh, but you got a new project. Do you want to fill us in on that as well? Yeah, so Number Fire, we, we just uh, launched the Number Fire Podcast Network, so you can get stuff for every sport we cover all sports. But I'm, I'm specifically doing uh, a podcast called The Late Round Podcast where – I'm looking at specific topics on each show, and I'm bringing in kind of thought leaders or uh, uh, guests on those shows to talk through those specific topics. So okay. uh, the first the first episode we did, did one with uh, Evan Silva, talked about the running back landscape, and then the one coming out uh, very shortly uh, is with the NFL.com's own Matt Harmon. Yeah, and buddy. About uh, player charting and reception perception, but it's a great time. Really enjoy it. So basically uh, they're, like, they're like fantasy TED Talks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I rant a little bit at the beginning and talk about things that I probably shouldn't talk about. But <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's a good time. Jason Zacharyson, find his work at Number Fire. Find his work on Twitter at Late Round QB. Thanks, man. I appreciate your time. Appreciate it. All right, Cynthia Freeland, analytics expert. You heard some of the stuff that JJ Zacharyson, uh, the knowledge that he was spitting there. What were your takeaways in regards to you know somebody like Rex Burkhead? So I love JJ. I think his work's amazing. And I it's always fascinating because he's kind of like, because he's like in it so deep all the time, I'm always like, that's great. That's great. Like, I, I'm just sitting there like in awe. Um, I think if you factor in the Bengals schedule mm. and you look at kind of some of the stuff he was talking about Andy Dal- with Andy Dalton too, mm. um, that schedule for Cincinnati is very favorable. So I think that's a great one that he pointed out there. I mean, they, yeah, they, I think they, they do have um, – I mean, I don't know. If you just look at the opponent's ease of schedule, they're, what, fourth easiest schedule, so right. strength of schedule. So that's something to keep so in mind. So Andy Dalton, Dalton does do. seem like he, he could bounce back and have a pretty good year. Yes. I mean, he's in the position to. I'd love to get your thoughts on Brandon Cooks, though. So, he again, he goes from New Orleans. He goes to New England now. Um, and to me, I don't know. 
the upside for Brandon Cooks going to a Patriots offense where they're able to effectively get the ball downfield, and he is one of the best field stretchers in the game, I don't, it's, it seems to me like the upside certainly is enticing for Brandon Cooks. But uh, again, J.J. says Brandon Cooks is one of the five biggest losers in, in fantasy after free agency. I'm totally with him. Drew Brees threw the ball 673 times last season. I know Tom Brady didn't play as many games, but I think he's like 470 or something like that. And then you have factor in the four games that he missed. That would like that doesn't map to any like it still maps to like, you know, something like 625. Like there, there's or 600, not even. Right, like there's not a lot of quarterbacks who throw over 600. Last right. one, two, th- like six or seven. So you're just the volume is a huge deterrent in general. Plus, who knows what who the red zone target's going to be? So if you're looking for those extra touchdown upside, like it's total. There's going to be one game where Brandon Cooks is going to score three touchdowns. I mean, maybe not three, but there's going <laughs> to no, be probably, maybe, three. probably possibly three. <laughs> right, where like where I'm going to like and I'm going to totally eat my words on this, but yeah. you know. I don't think the consistency there. I I totally agree with him. I also do wonder about Brandon Cooks. You know, part of the story with him last year was when things weren't going his way or he wasn't getting the balls much. He wasn't he wasn't happy about it, and he made his feelings known. That's look, interesting. That doesn't seem like the Patriot way. Look, you know yeah. exactly. I mean, one, it's not the Patriot way, but also there's a really good chance that there will be weeks when you're not seeing a lot of targets. I mean, as long as long as Rob Gronkowski is walking this earth, he's going to be Tom Brady's favorite target. Right. And, and you know, you throw in guys like uh, you know Malcolm Mitchell, who really has the potential to take off this year. Julian Edelman, uh, Julian Edelman is still alive. All the running backs um, are still there. So many guys that can catch the ball out of the backfield. We talked about Rex Burkhead right. and, and Deion Lewis. Um, I mean, there's a really Brandon, good chance that Brandon Cooks isn't going to see the kind of volume that he wants, and how does he react to that? I mean, th- does he make a stink about it? Does Tom Brady basically tell him to STFU and, uh, and get out there and play? I mean, like, how is this going to play out? Yeah, uh, I mean, what's his – I'm looking up his height right now. He's not very tall. Like, no. It's, it's not this jump ball situation. Like, you're still going Gronk in the end zone. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Right. Well, so it's a, it's to me a question of uh, of course when he scores it's going to be from 15 yards out or more. Right. Right. There's it's going to be very few situations where it's five nine six five oh nine six. <laughs> Not even five ten. Uh, five nine and uh, yeah. Six, no. So eight. and again he's never been an elite you know goal to go type receiver. I get that, but I mean look I'm not comparing him to yes you know what forget it I'm comparing him to Randy Moss. And I just, which is which is wow. that's that's a no. Okay, look, wow. Not going I, there. I'm just saying. <laughs> look, is he? No, I'm not saying he's Randy Moss, guys. All I'm saying okay, good. is, is the the role that he fills as a straight up downfield guy. We've seen success there before, and I think fantasy fans will remember that. That's all I'm saying about Brandon Cook. I don't know. I, I, you know, it's a, to be honest with you, I don't know what his draft price will be. If it gets up into fifth round, I'm not buying. There's a zero percent chance I would buy. I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening either. But let's say he gets down to like eight or nine. You won't buy that? I don't know. I, I'd, I'd be super enticed at eight or nine. Absolutely. At eight or nine, I can get down with that. In the fifth round, no way. Yeah. Right. 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 But Patriots receivers always frighten me. Yeah. Well, okay. They just do. Uh, that one to me is like, you know, if you're able to change it every week and get him, then <laughs> great. Right. But like once you figure out the script. But if you know that script, then chances are, you know. Somebody else will. Well, my guess is probably that if you if you are lucky enough to pick him on the one week where he does where it is right. the Brandon Cooks week, then you you win. You win. <laughs> you win. <laughs> like you and then you got to follow through. And Mike then drop. flip that Done. for a trade. Right. Flip it for a trade. I love it. All right, let's get to our daily daps. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the daily daps and hooks. Give me daps because I be scribbling right. Give me dabbing up daps and bound daps. 
All right, Daily Dap time. Let's start with my guy, MG, Marcus Grant. What's up? Uh, a couple of things. One, I mentioned the S-Town podcast uh, last week you on did? this show, and I finished it, and it was incredible. Um, it it does not go where you expect it to go. Uh, you know, it, the, the ending kind of takes a left turn from where you thought it might potentially go at the start, but was still really just an incredible piece of storytelling. Uh, I say that as a person who... Uh, sort of has a weird thing about radio dramas that in the sense that I love them, even though the, the genre of that died out decades before I was even born. Um, I just kind of love the concept and the idea of it, and I felt like this really... Even That's though, Americana, bro. Even though it was you know a real-life story, talking to real-life people, it just very much had that feel of, okay. uh, of a great radio drama. So, cool. again, uh, I, I completely re- recommend it. All seven episodes are out now. You can go and binge listen to that, so go do that. The other one is... Um, Rick and Morty is back, y'all. At least, Rick and Morty. at least for one episode. They did a weird thing where season three, the season three premiere came out on April first, last yeah. Saturday, on April Fool's Day, uh, and it picks up where season two left off. Uh, for those of you who uh, who watched the show, you know uh, Rick Sanchez was in intergalactic space prison, and so uh, it basically picks up from there. And uh, but it's a giant April Fool's joke. Well, no, the the premiere actually premiered, but now. The rest of the season doesn't come until sometime this summer. So Whoa. they kind of wet our whistle with that and got us all <laughs> excited about Rick and Morty coming back. Wow. Adult Swim did a whole marathon showing the whole first two seasons of the show, then the premiere. Wow. And now we have to, to wait, wait till the summer. Till the summer. So. That is, that's cruel. Wubba lubba dub dub. But it's that back, is, y'all. That is cruel, man. <laughs> all right. I, I've got a few here. I will uh, daily dap the show Legion on FX. Holy good God. That's a great show. Go watch it. Uh, a couple of Google searches for you. Fresno Mermaid. Go look that up. That's an actual thing. Is it actually in Fresno? It's actually in Fresno. There is a woman that was found nearly naked with webbed feet claiming and just drenched in water claiming she is a mermaid. That is a legit thing. Okay, Go so okay, so I'm Googling it right now. But I, as an aside, just to interrupt you here briefly, yes. I have a very good friend who uh, once worked for NOAA, the National Oceanic and... Something or, or other. Something, something. And OAA. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, one of his jobs one day was to actually write a press release saying that Noah oh. disavows the knowledge of actual mermaids. Right, because of that mockumentary thing. Because that, that mockumentary thing. So he had, to, he had to write. That was his job for a day to write a press release <laughs> and send it out saying that Noah disavows any. So I, I may actually I have to email or text him this article to see if he wants to retract his statement. I do like it. There was a, a girl found. It's like a movie. It's a, it's a movie story, man. A girl was found sopping wet with webbed feet claiming she's a mermaid. And they asked her where she's from. She said she's from the ocean. That's unfortunate for her with the webbed feet. I mean, but that's a real thing. Like, people, there are people out there who actually have I hear webbed what you're feet. saying, bro. That's unfortunate for her. I'm just saying, go Google the story. It's an, in, it's, I'm, I'm it is it right totally now. interesting. Is... I can't wait for somebody to do a good you know, piece on this because this is, this is definitely worth uh, a deeper look, no doubt about it. Uh, by the way... Uh, the there's a program called The Nightly Show. Go Google this as well. Uh, Daily Daps to The Nightly Show for giving us John Legend singing Gordon Ramsay insults. One of the best was, you put so much oil on this, the U.S. wanted to invade the plate. Wow. <laughs> That's uh, Damn. That's incredible. You have to Google this. Damn. It is. It's wonderful. Just uh, Google John Legend sings Gordon and Ramsay, and you will find it there. All right, Cynthia Freeland. Kick us out of here, man. Okay, so I'm going to not say his last name correctly, but there's a teenager in Arizona. Yes. He had 
quite possibly the best amazing prom proposal. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, he's asking prom proposal. Emma Stone. Yep. yep. So, and his name is, I believe it's Jacob Stoudenmeyer. Okay. He recreated La La Land. What? He rewrote the words. He's 17 years old. You have to Google this. It's so cute. He rewrote the lyrics to Another Day of Sun, and then he basically made all of his friends be extras, and it's this incredibly, like... This is this, to get Emma Stone? Yeah, to... to he said he wants to ask Emma Stone to prom, and he's recreating the wow. opening scene from La La Land. It's wow. so stinking cute. You have wow. to go. And if he doesn't, if I mean, if Emma Stone doesn't say, she yes. ha- I think I, I'm not really sure if she's as of right now, right here in this moment when we're yes. taping this, um, she has not yet responded. But I'm pretty sure that she so, needs to. So here's, how I feel, here's how I feel about promposals. On the one hand, like yeah. I feel like it sort of, sort of puts the celebrity in an awkward situation. 100%. For sure. Where, like, where like, if you say no, you seem like a jerk. jerk. Of course. But on the other hand, if I was in high school, I would have totally recreated the Rhythm Nation video to get Janet Jackson to go to the <laughs> So Is that the, the hands one? Yeah. Uh, oh, no, no. The, no that, okay, so my friend brought, bought me a poster of that, and like I, man. No, Rhythm hands Nation poster? is. Yeah. That's yeah. uh You know yeah. I like I used to do choreographed dance. I was like teach myself the choreographed dances to music videos yeah. so like just in case I ever needed it. <laughs> that wasn't one of them, but I, I feel I feel of, like, like that poster ones. I feel like that poster would be if you ever w- were in Shawshank, if Marcus Grant That's the poster or I'd Tim have on Robbins, the that, that that would be the poster. I would have a big tunnel that right. I dug out with a spoon and a rock hammer behind, behind the, Jan the Jackson. Jan Jackson hands poster. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That makes sense. All right, great. What a way to end the show. <laughs> Going out Absolutely. bang. Hey, by also, the way, do you yes. do listeners know that you have a tattoo? Oh my God. I don't. I, think I feel like they I do. Think, I don't think they do. I mean, they you're do, kind they of do an, now. Un, you're kind of an unexpected inked guy. They do now. Like, I think that might that should have been my dap. Had I known that ahead of time, I would have written something and probably had a musical number to perform to it. But I did not realize that you were, that you had some ink. So. And now everybody knows. I just exposed you yes. for being way cooler than anyone even thought. I, I, I like have, we thought you were here, and you're really way up here. I have a I have a giant. Uh, Left shoulder lion tattoo. That exactly. is exactly that is that's actually true. And, and you have and, a really cool scar on your forearm. You're like low key tough. No, no You're one, low key tough. And and no, I, we've never talked about that on the podcast. Oh well, now we have. <laughs> and no, I don't think listeners or viewers who have seen me on NFL Fantasy Live know that I sport. Uh, a little bit of ink. I have to tell I'm my. I'm so thir- glad I could pull my weight today. Oh, <laughs> little known secret: James Coe actually oh, was an extra geez. in a high school production of The Warriors. Good God! Uh, <laughs> I have to. By the way, this is a this is a good. <laughs> I have to tell my three year old daughter. She she doesn't understand the whole concept of tattoos. So she said, "Why?" She said, "Appa, why do you have a stamp on your arm?" <laughs> Pretty smart, actually. <laughs> and she's like, "Where did you get the stamp?" Did you get it from the stamp store? <laughs> I was like, yes, Kinda. I did. Did, did she yes. ask? It's I actually did. pretty. You might have a brilliant daughter. On your <laughs> did she ask if she <laughs> could get smart. a stamp of her own from the stamp store? Uh, she did, but we don't. Yeah, she doesn't know about it. There are no, there are no stamp stores for kids just yet. Oh, yeah, exactly. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Wow, what a way to close the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I could pull my weight. I'm all glad right. I could add something. That's the show for Cynthia Freeland exposing all my deepest, darkest secrets. For MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, and of course, Ryan Bartlett behind the glass. I'm James Coe. We're out.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. 